0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au.
1: Many may be seated tonight. Tonight we're going to embark on a three-part series that consists of three parts. <laughs> so good, isn't it? And. Uh, and um, really, my hope is that it's a faith-activating uh, series It's going to be done in two weeks, three-part series in two weeks, and uh, just breaking all the rules here tonight. And, um, and I, I believe, I really hope that it's going to be a faith-activating word for you. I believe and hope that it's going to be um, a promise-releasing word into your life and actually prophetic in activating what God has for you and what He wants for you to change your perspective in order to do and have your 2020 look how it's supposed to look. But tonight, tonight, we just have to deal with a few things before we can launch into that. And to help me tonight, I'm going to ask my good friend, Nath Robinson, if you'd just come and have a chat, please. Nath, Nath is, found out that he was having a chat with me two seconds before the service started. It happens <laughs> it's true, it does, I'm very organised. So Nath, um, in my office, Broads built me this beautiful office, is Broads here tonight? Uh, no, and Broads it's really pretty crummy he's not here so it's all good um, no no he built me a great office but then um when we moved buildings a, a one with more space became available and so it's great but it's pretty tired so I want to paint it Nate so I would think that tomorrow I just get a can of paint tip it into a tray and just start painting the walls is that right yeah
0: <laughs> excellent and it'll just look fresh and great is that the first thing uh, I should do yeah no if, um, yes jokingly yes go for it please um Save me the hassle, but no, definitely not. No, no. The first thing you need to do is preparation.
1: Right, preparation. Okay. So, what does that look like?
0: Okay. Um, we need to assess the job.
1: Um, I'm not asking you, you to do it, it Nathan. Like, it's me. I'm going to, to do, do it. it. You tell yeah. me what to do. We're
0: going to do it. Okay. Um, we need to uh, fill any holes. Right. Depends how far you want to go. You want to fill all the gaps, um, and then we want to sand all the holes. We want to sand the walls. We want to sweep off all the dust. We want to put drop sheets down to save getting paint on the carpet and then we can go ahead and start putting an undercoat on before even the colour that you've picked out. <laughs> that sounds gross,
1: and I don't want to do that, and so I'm not going to listen to you. So um, good advice, thank you. No. Uh, instead, I'm just going to paint the wall, and so I can expect it to look fresh and bright, and can't I? It'll be great.
0: It'll look good, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks maybe, yeah. it might start um, pulling off the, yeah, the gyprock. Um, it'll start falling off. Um, you might stick up something with blue tack or sticky tape. It's going to pull the paint right off as soon as you do that. Um, but by applying paint straight away, then all the imperfections are going to come through. It might look good, but as you sit in your office and you look at the wall more and more, you're going to notice all these things that you didn't take the time to prep beforehand.
1: Wow! Well, the Holy Spirit just used your talk on painting. Thank you. Let's give Nathan a hand. Wow! I kind of hoped you would say something like that, Nath. I know nothing about painting, but I knew a little bit and I hoped that that, but that far exceeded my expectations because we could move into a new year and we could get excited about it and we could have activated faith about it and head in and make sure it looks fresh and bright and great. But if we don't deal with some stuff, that we've got going on, then it's not going to take too long before the imperfections come to the surface and the things, when it gets put under pressure, things just start falling off and falling away. As an example, I want to, I want to um, reference a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, where Paul says to husbands, he says, fellas, treat your wives properly so that your prayers won't be hindered. And uh, he's essentially saying, it's great that you have all this prayer ministry going on and you're a prayer warrior and you're standing in the gap. But if you've got this going on back here, then this doesn't progress in the way and have the result that you think that it should. And I look at marriages and I think, yeah, you keep praying, son. (laughs) You're going to be praying a long time. Forgetting the whole point of that scripture is actually speaking to me that in fact I can have some things going on in my life that will stop me from moving forward in the direction that God wants me to go. You've probably heard the story about the two friends or some version of the story of the two friends at uni. Um, one was South American and let's call him Juan. Are we allowed to do that? Juan. And uh, and then the other girl was from the country um, in Australia. Her name's Sheila. And Sheila invited Juan back for... Um, to meet her parents, and so they're headed back into country New South Wales, and, and uh, Juan is sitting at the breakfast table at Sunday, and they're about to head off to church, but, but um, Sheila's mum, Sharon, is in the kitchen with an apron on, and, uh, and she's peeling potatoes, and Juan goes into the kitchen and says, Sharon, what are you doing? She says, oh, love, call me Shazza, and uh, he says, oh, okay, Shazza, what, what are you doing? She says, oh, love, it's Sunday, we've got to have a roast, Kev won't like it if we don't have a roast for Sunday, and uh, Juan says, okay, well, what's a roast? And she said, God oh, blame me, Juan, you don't know what a roast is. A roast is a baked dinner. And what I'm doing right now is, is, is peeling these spuds so that I can put them in some axle grease and they'll be nice and crispy on the outside and nice and fluffy on the inside. You're going to love them. And Juan said, Okay. I don't really know what you just said but, but that sounds good and, and, and saw her with a piece of meat that he's used to seeing smoked and pulled apart and put in some tacos, maybe some chilli but instead Shazza cuts off the end of the meat, puts it into this large baking dish and positions the potatoes around it and he says, Shazza, why did you cut the end off? She looked at him and said, you know what, I don't even know one, I don't know why I did that. I know my mum always did it and her three sisters, Noreen, Doreen and Maureen always did it. So I've just always done it as well. You know what? You got me curious. I'm going to be ringing my mum later on today. And so they go off to church and then they're sitting down at the dinner table and and the roast comes out and it's beautiful and the juices are coming out of it and they've gone into the spuds and oh my goodness. And and Kev's sitting there with his dead horse even though there's beautiful gravy on the table because Kev likes his dead horse and, and they're there and... And 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 Juan's looking at it and, uh, and she said you know what Juan I rang me mum I did and she told me she didn't know why she cut the end off. She just always did it because her mum did it. So she got curious and rang me nana in the nursing home. That would have been a funny conversation because nana dot, she's lost a hearing. It would have been long. Oh, yeah. But she got the answer out of her. And the thing is that nana dot, she always cut the end off because the baking dish was too small and she couldn't afford a new one. And so we've just been doing it ever since. Oh, I felt like a right Galara did one. And one uh, and was like... I've gotten way too much education from coming out here to the country. But the thing is is that sometimes behaviours are perpetuated and we don't even pay attention to them. We actually, they go on completely unnoticed but because they've been given no attention or no intention around them, they just continue on and even from generation to generation. Perpetuate. Perpetuate means to continue indefinitely. And the example sentence that Google gave was the confusion perpetuated inadvertently. And even though we need an example sentence for the example sentence, it kind of explains what we're trying to say here is that inadvertently, that means without intention, without attention, without um, cause, it kind of just perpetuated, it continued on and on. And what I'd like to do this morning night is maybe just what your immature friend does when they see you with a bruise on your arm and they just press it. And unfortunately tonight I feel like we need to press our bruises in order to heal really well. So I'm going to go to a scripture and I really didn't want to use it because Daz has preached a whole series on it recently. And then I listened to the podcast and Trish preached some fantastic messages and used it as one of the points. And I was like, oh God, can't I just find a different scripture? Because everyone's really familiar with this one. And I really felt like he said, you guys all need to get over yourselves and just read it. And by yourselves, you meant me. So let me read Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This says, The thing that hinders and the sin. Now that word and, chi, is a conjunction word in the New Testament used over 9,000 times, and sometimes it means and, and sometimes it means indeed, or also, or, or the very thing being. And so we could read this, the weight that entangles, that is, sin. But 26 of 29 versions call it, and that there's two things and even the two of those remaining three versions that kind of tie them together says that there's this layer effect. So there's a weight that, in, that weighs us down and slows us down and holds us up and then there's the sin that also easily entangles us. So let me talk for a few minutes about the weight. For you maybe there's a weight on your life that's like that meat. It's just been there forever and it's just always the way that you've done it and you haven't realised and you've just perpetuated because that's the way it's always been done. Maybe for you it's like a boil. You're very aware of it. It's painful. But as long as you wear a long-sleeved shirt, no one else is going to know about it, but you live in constant fear and dread that one day you'll get found out. Maybe it's a weight that actually you, you just, you know about it, but you just don't know what to do with it. So let me ask you, well, first of all, I'll give some examples of weight, weight, not sin, weight, weight can be bad habits, just bad habits, not sin, just bad habits, they can be our go-tos, when we're tired, or maybe emotional, or maybe we're just feeling impatient, they're our go-tos, these bad habits, maybe they're bad attitudes, and no one can see it, so we're good, right, no one knows anything about it, until you're tired or emotional and impatient and then things start to come out of your mouth that no one actually knew was inside of you. Then there's the weight of allowances, just allowances around the edges, where we kind of ask, well, where's the line? And we ask where the line is because we want to go as close as we can to it without crossing over it. We say, where's the line? Because I want to get as close as I can to that line in order to not sin but be able to live as much as I can in the way that I want to? Where is that being asked for you? Because I'd say that's the wrong question. Where's the line? How's your bruise going? Is it okay? It's all right. I'll ease up on it in a minute. If you've got to wait this morning, tonight even, <laughs> if you've got a weight, where's the trajectory of that weight taking you? Is it taking you from strength to strength and glory to glory? Or is it taking you flat line? Or is it taking you backwards? Where is the trajectory of the weight? Is that weight something that you're like, yeah, I could live with this for the next five years. I've got no issue. I've got no problem. Or is it something that you're like, I just need to get rid of this thing. I, I want to run better. That's the weight. Now, the sin, because there's the weight and there's the sin. There's the sin of commission where we do things that we're not supposed to do and then there's... The sin of omission, where we don't do things that we should do. Got any of those going on? You know, often I think one of the most ways that Christians sin is in what we allow ourselves to see. And I'm not just talking about porn. I'm talking about everyday stuff that is not actually good for us at all. I'm talking about stuff and girls, stuff that we allow ourselves to see that actually puts us in a gossipy mindset or... Causes us to fantasise about relationships that we shouldn't have. Are we Are just going to get super real here tonight? Is that okay? A few people are okay with that. Everyone else is like, get your finger off the bruise. <sighs> I don't like this. Uh, you know, you know, you know what? You know, I understand because I went to church for years and felt guilty every single week. I, I don't want that to be the result here tonight. I want us to feel liberated. I want us to feel like like we can live free like we can live without weight you know the things we see the things we say the things we say the gossip that we allow to come out of our mouths the gossip that is in the same line in verses of scripture as orgies lying same verse and and yet we allow things to come out of our mouths that that aren't okay you know for me I was a rotten liar <laughs> kids don't listen turn your ears off rotten liar, and um, I remember the last time I intentionally lied, I was 21 years old, three or four years ago, and uh, I'm not saying it was the last time I lied, I'm saying it's the last time I intentionally remember lying, um, but okay, 18 years ago, and so um, Marlene and Bob were our pastors, and they went away on holiday, and they asked me to bank the tides while they were away, and I, I had this reputation for being unforgetful and unreliable, so why they asked me to do the tides, I'm not sure. But, um, but I, had, I think I was the last man standing. So I had to do the tides. And Marlene rang. She was on holiday. She was very diligent, incredibly diligent. And she rang and said, Bron, I've checked the bank statement that the tides aren't in. Have you banked them yet? I hadn't. And I said, yeah, sure. Just did it, just then. And, uh, and she said, oh, okay, thank you. Got off the phone as I did a UE to go and bank the tithes. There was this moment that I was like, this is a line in the sand. I either own this right now or this perpetuates for I don't know how long. This lying, this trying to get out of trouble, just trying to appear good and normal and great, it either perpetuates or it stops now. And I rang her back and said, Marlene, I just lied to you. I haven't banked the tides. I'll go and do it right now. And she was like, okay, Bronnie, subtext, you're a weirdo. Why are you lying about banking the tides? No, she wouldn't have. She's lovely. But, um... But yeah that that was my line in the sand what is it for you where is the Holy Spirit just quickening to you right now now if you focus on the sin everything says all study all psychology says it gets bigger and it gets harder to avoid and you actually think about it more as you focus on that sin. I've got to avoid that I've got to avoid that it actually gets harder not easier so so let's not go there tonight Let's actually go underneath there and not look at the fruit, but look at the root that's causing the fruit. And so let me ask you these questions. What need is it meeting? If you think about the weight or if you think about the sin, what need is it meeting in you? Here's another question. What pain is it stopping What pain is it stopping? Is there some pain that is undealt with and if you're able to do this thing or go to this place or do whatever it is, that actually that pain stops for a little while. And I don't want to be masochistic tonight and rub salt in the wound. I just want want us to be able to apply some pressure to stop you from bleeding out. What pain is it stopping? And thirdly, what is it counterfeiting? What is it counterfeiting? What do I mean by that? I mean... Are you seeking peace? And you can't get peace, but if you do this, you can get numbness. You're seeking pleasure. But what you're really seeking is the Father's pleasure. In His pleasure, for you to say, Well done, my child. Well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. But you don't feel like you can get that, but you can get this readily enough. Is it that you seek significance? And this doesn't bring that, but it does give you this sense of importance as you pursue it. What is it counterfeiting? And tonight I want to tell you that when people are trained to spot counterfeits, they don't put them in a room and give them the counterfeit to look at and examine and study. They put them in a room with the genuine article and they say, focus on this, train your mind to look at this and know what it is, because then any time a counterfeit comes your way, you'll see that it's of lesser value And that it doesn't actually look like the real thing at all. What is it counterfeiting? So, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, as we read in Hebrews, he says, run the race with perseverance. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24 echoes that sentiment. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body. And make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified by the prize. You know what that sounds like to me? Discipline. I hate it. Let's move on. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers, forefathers were all under the cloud that they passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. Now, God didn't kill them. They just had the consequence of their unbelief as they moved through the wilderness. Now, I'll just fill you in a little bit here Um, This is talking about the people of Israel as they left Egypt, the land of their slavery. They're going through and and they had a cloud by day and a fire by night. And day by day, this was representing the presence that they could experience when Jesus came, the day by day presence and glory that they could experience. And then it's, you know, they went into the sea. That's representing baptism, which happens when we go through the waters of baptism. Uh, It talks about that they drank from the spiritual rock. And that rock was Christ. It says that because that was representing... You see, Moses was representing God as judge. His staff was representing punishment. But what Moses did was he beat that staff against the rock in front of the people of Israel. The people who should have felt the brunt of judgment didn't. The rock did, which was Christ, and living water flowed from the rock. So that's what that's talking about now. If none of that makes sense, you tune back in now to verse 6. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things, as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in pagan revelry. Uh, This is talking about when Aaron was in the desert with the people of Israel, and Moses went up to the mountain to meet with God. And the people of Israel said, we need a real God. We don't want this God that Moses goes and meets with. We want a God like the nations around us. And Aaron said, well, give us all your, um, your gold and everything. And he fashioned for them a golden calf made of all their earrings and bangles and everything else. And then it says that he set up an altar where they could worship to this golden calf. But one day he said, "Um, I'm just going to put the altar of the Lord in front of that. And so today what we'll do, we'll do all the feasts that we need to do to satisfy God. And then we'll do what we need to do for the golden calf. Okay. So that represents to us, when we want to have a foot in both camps, where we want to look like, yeah, okay, we'll serve God, but can I just keep this one over here because there's times where I want to do what I want to do and I, I don't want to look all the time like I'm there. You know what this causes to us? Stress. Because we have to remember who we are in which scenario. We have to remember who, what we've told who to, who we've told what to. And we have to remember the kind of way we act here and then the kind of way we act there and then heaven forbid there should be ever a gathering where all those people come together. That's going to be hell awkward and it's going to be awful. So a foot in both camp, it says that they, they had idolatry. Let's not do that. It says we should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. Let's not do that. If you are, stop it. We should not test the Lord, as some of them did. They tested the Lord by saying, you brought us out here to die, God. And it says, and do not grumble, as some of them did. You see, here we have some sin and we have some weights going on. And I feel as awkward as you about reading them in church and I came here to get a lift as well tonight. But let's read it because it's in the Bible, okay? Let's cover the whole gamut of scripture here tonight. Verse 11, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you don't, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful and will not you, let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Now, I just, I've got to go to a scripture. I've got to go to a scripture right now. 1 John 2, verse 1. My dear children... I write to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Can anyone say, phew, thank you, Jesus, here tonight. Thank you, Lord. If anyone does sin, he's speaking in our defense. He's got it covered. He's all over it. This is not a matter of salvation, church, here tonight. Thank you, Lord. This is a matter of freedom. This is a matter of running unencumbered. This is a matter of heading into our 2020 with prophecy, with promise, with faith activated and going, you know what, I'm going to go there, but I'm not going to bring all this stuff with me. I'm going to deal with this and I'm going to, if necessary, sit in this to deal with this and not just brush it over and have the imperfections show up later. I am not a bronze-painted wall. I am a Nathan-painted wall. One Hebrews, oh sorry, Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go back to it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I want to tell you tonight... It's not saying wait till you've thrown all that off to start running. So many people I hear, they even get asked to do things in church which they are gifted and called to, and they say, I can't. I've got some stuff going on. I've just got to sort this out before. Oh, what? You're going to just clean yourself up and become perfect before Jesus in order to go serve him? All the best. You know what? None of us are good enough to serve Jesus. None of us. The only qualifying thing for us is that Jesus gave His life and paid the price for our sins. He is the one who stands in our defence. This does not say, hang around, get all rid of all the stuff and then start running. It's saying, get rid of it as you're running. Let us run and get rid of that as you go because you can guarantee that tomorrow another thing will come and the next day another thing will come. And if you stop every time something comes, you will be very slow. So let us run with perseverance. Why do we need perseverance? Because stuff keeps coming and we need to get through it. But let's move. Let's move. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. I love that. Let's not fix our eyes on the sin. Let's not fix our eyes on the weight. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the one who started it and the one who's going to finish it. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross Scorning at shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. His work is done, that's why he's sitting down. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you've not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Weird verse. I just want to give you some things around the sin and the weight, just for us to move ahead with this week. The sin and the weight. There are kind of three things that can happen here. You can get miraculously delivered from the sin and the weight. Anyone that's their choice? Yes, please. Yes, I would like that one. I don't know too many times that that's actually happened. And so, in the what in the waiting, in the waiting to be delivered from that. You know, I've heard some people. Kay, where's Kay? Kim's mum. She was a swear. Oh. I'm, the family secrets she'd tell us, wouldn't she, Kim? She was a swearer. Got saved, didn't swear again. Jesus delivered her like that from her filthy mouth. (laughs) Me, it took a lot longer. (laughs) Anyone coming out for deliverance from that tonight? (laughs) Deliverance, a miraculous deliverance. Yes, we all want that. But in the in the meantime, there's a struggle, and so we need to struggle. We can't just go, oh, I don't like the feeling of this. I'm just going to go with it. No, no, we need to put up a fight. Every time we need to put up a fight. Every time, no matter what it is for you, put up a fight. Don't just allow it because this is just part of my life, obviously, and everyone does it anyway, and I know heaps of Christians that do it. No, put up a fight. Put up a fight. Struggle against it. Don't just let it come into your life. Be willing to struggle as you wait for deliverance. And then there's one more type. There's one more. And this is where Paul said, I asked God three times to take it from me. Three times I begged him. Some people say it was something that he struggled with. Some people say it was an illness. Uh, we don't actually know. We don't know for sure. But he struggled. And this is what Paul said God said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in your weakness. You know, I've got to struggle, it's not sin. I struggle I've got it and I've had it for years and you know I know you're not supposed to own it and whatever else but hey let's just get away from terminology right now I've had it for years I still struggle it's annoying it's one of those things that's just annoying it's annoying to our marriage isn't it Daz it's a pest and I have months where I'm free from it and then I have times of intensity with it and it bugs me and I hate it and uh, one time I was up At the lookout before church, and you know I was just bawling my eyes out. Just going, God, I hate this. I don't, I don't want this. I didn't ask for it. I trust you. And God said, "My power is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you." And He said, "Bron, I know you hate it. I don't mind it." because it keeps you running to me like this. It keeps you totally dependent on me. There's not that many times where you're just bawling before me. I love it when you're like this. I love it when you run to me. I was like, oh, (laughs) miraculous deliverance though, God. (laughs) But okay, okay, okay. Your grace is sufficient for me. Your power is made perfect in my weakness. So there are times when we're just gonna go, God, I don't know what to do. I give it to you you deal it, deal with it for me. I don't know if you're, you know, let's always believe for miraculous deliverance. Amen. Let's always believe for it. Let's always believe for it. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop the struggle. You haven't shed blood yet. I've not seen any of you shed blood yet in your struggle against sin. Maybe you haven't and don't tell me about it. But if it comes to know if it's not sin if it comes to the struggle let's just keep running to Jesus if it is sin let's keep running to Jesus because the accuser would say you're not good enough you have nothing you can't come to him because you've wrecked it and and Jesus said oh I'm the one standing in your defense amen let's come to our feet here tonight let's let him deal with stuff in us so that next week we can come and just, I'm going to to talk to us about how to change our perspective, I'm going to talk to us about um, how to grab hold of a promise and I'm going to talk to us about how to prophesy that into our year so uh, I'm looking forward to that but right now um, I'm going to pray for two groups of people the first one is people who have never surrendered their life to Jesus but recognise tonight that you need him or that you came to that decision a long time ago and you've walked away from God and you know tonight that you need to come back to him So if we could close our eyes, I'm going to ask everyone to pray after me. Um, Band as well, if you could pray as well, that'd be great. Um, And uh, this is a prayer of repentance and a prayer of surrender to Jesus. So everyone, let's pray after me. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for going my own way. I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I want to follow you. Thank you for dying on the cross. For my sins, thank you for rising from the dead. For my eternal life, I trust you. I love you. I want to be a Christian. Help me to be a good one. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just keep your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I just want to pray for anyone who made that decision tonight. So I'm going to count to three. And if you made that decision here tonight, would you just slip your hand up long enough so that I can acknowledge you and then you can put it back down. I'm just going to stay here and just pray for that decision that you made. One, two, three. Awesome, thank you. Great decision, great decision. Anyone else here tonight? Well, Lord, I pray for the person that raised their hand, Lord. I pray that you'd put the right people around them, Lord. I pray that you'd put courage and strength into their heart. I thank you for the promise of eternity on their life. I thank you for the promise of power to live out this Christian life. And I thank you for the peace that you've brought into their life right now, Lord Jesus. They are forgiven, Lord. They are made whole. They are made complete in the name of Jesus. And if the Holy Spirit put his finger on your bruise tonight, I'm just going to pray another prayer. I just ask us all to pray it together. But if it's you, let's pray it from the bottom of our hearts. Dear Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you stand in my defence. Thank you that you've saved me. I now claim your freedom. Teach me, Lord. Show me how to live in freedom. Teach me, Lord, to put away the things that hinder us. And to stop the sin that's entangling me. It's not on me, Lord. It's on you. So I trust you with my whole life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And if you're grateful to God for his peace and his grace, give him a huge hand tonight.
0: Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.